know, you know much about like the seasons of the church. Anyway, you know, the, the church calendar liturgical year starts in Advent at the end of November or the beginning of December, and then you get Advent, then you get Christmas time, then you get Epiphany, which leads you into Lent, which leads you into Easter time, which leads you into Pentecost, and then you get ordinary time for the rest of the year, <laughs> which is about six months of ordinary time, which is just really like the outworking of the life of God through God's people. And so um, we finished all the exciting bits, you know, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost. And uh, so, but for the rest of the year, it was going to keep beholding Jesus and just sitting in different gospel passages and looking at some of the things that Jesus um, teaches us and, and just really asking the Holy Spirit to unveil Jesus to us in a more real and tangible way. So tonight I want to talk to you about Jesus, the great question asker. And I might ask you some questions and get you to talk about it with Jesus. Um, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel has this, says this, we are closer to God when we are asking questions than when we think we have all the answers. We are closer to God when we are asking questions than when we think we have all the answers. And Jewish children, and Judaism in particular, is very well known for question asking. They train their children to ask good questions. They have a real belief that education is not just about indoctrination, but it's about teaching a child to be curious, to wonder, to reflect, and to inquire. Because they believe that to ask is to grow. And so the art of asking a really good question um, is very important when raising Jewish children. In fact, in Judaism as a religion, questioning is a religious phenomenon. And they believe that the heroes of faith asked great questions of God. And the greater the prophet, the greater the question. And so we have Abraham who asks God, shall the judge of all the earth not do justice? And he questions God. And God seems well okay with Abraham's questions. We have Moses who says, Why, O Lord, have you brought trouble on all these people? We have Jeremiah who says, Why does the way of the wicked always seem to prosper? And they're asking these questions to God. And then we have the book of Job, which is really just a gigantic exercise in asking why, where for 30-something chapters... Job and his friends, and mainly his friends, ask God, why this? Why, why, why? And then actually we get a couple of chapters where God answers some really good stuff back. But it's like there is a sense in our, um, in our Jewish history and the heritage of our faith where asking questions was welcomed and encouraged and just elevated as a way of engaging God. Brian McLaren um, talks about a similar kind of thing where he says that discipleship 
and Bible reading should be a whole lot like teaching maths, where the way you learn maths is that you are given problems to solve, not answers to memorise. And in wrestling with the problems, you find out how to work this thing. And he says we shouldn't just indoctrinate one another with the answers and think that that's discipleship. In fact, we need to teach one another to wrestle with the questions and to learn how to engage God right there. That's discipleship, to wrestle with the problems. So in the Gospels, when we encounter Jesus, we find this rabbi, this son of God, this Jesus of Nazareth, who asks many, many more questions than he ever answers. In fact, people count because they've got the time to do so. (laughs) They say that Jesus, in all the Gospels, asked 307 questions to those around him. They say that Jesus himself was asked about 183 questions by people around him, but he only ever directly answered three, and you could say that he indirectly answered five. So eight is your best number. So of all of the 183 questions that people asked Jesus, he only ever answered eight times. And he himself asked people questions 307 times. And I think this has something to teach us about Jesus and who he was, the nature of God, and the way he interacts with us. So I think so often we think of Jesus as being the ultimate answer man. Like somehow if we come to Jesus, Jesus is going to answer our questions. Um, Like he's some kind of guru that if only we could catch a word of what Jesus said, we'd be okay. I don't know about you and I don't know if you've ever seen the bumper sticker, Jesus is the answer. Right, like somehow Jesus is just going to latch on to, Jesus is going to give us the wisdom and he's going to tell us the answer and then somehow we'll be okay because we're just looking for the answer. But really Jesus is more like the great questioner. And so a better bumper sticker might be Jesus is the question (laughs) rather than Jesus is the answer. This is what we find when we encounter Jesus. And this, the, I mean, the wonderful thing about questions is questions elicit information. How many of you have ever been at a party and you've been talking to someone you've not known before and you've asked them like 25 questions about who they are and so you found out everything about them from their, their first pet right through to their current financial problems and in return they've not asked you one thing about you. And so, and then the conversation ends and you walk away and you just feel like, wow, I've just learned a lot about that person over there, but they just know nothing about me. It's like, who's had that experience? Yeah, we often have. This is how, you know, when we get to know one another, when you're first dating someone, you ask a lot of questions. There are books out there you can buy, dating books, about the questions you should ask. Um, so that you can get to know one another. So it's a great way, asking questions is a great way, great way of relationally getting to know people. 
asking a really good question helps people discover something new. Have you ever had the experience where someone's asked you a question about yourself or about a situation and you haven't actually been able to answer it? And then you've done some deeper thinking because just that art of asking the question to you has caused you to sort of think more deeply about who you are or about what's going on. Like questions inspire us to discover more. Questions stimulate thought. You can ask an intentional question of someone knowing that they don't actually know the answer in order to provoke them to learn more. Linda's really good at that, asking like the good question. And it's a great way of doing that. Questions forge intimacy. No one has a deep personal relationship with someone who just monologues at them. It's not a way to build intimacy. And questions interrupt us. Sometimes when we're on a like, we're on a roll, we're in the zone or we're having a rant or whatever it is that we're doing and someone asks a question, it's almost like it just provokes us to stop, to pause, to slow down, to think and often to realize that there's more than one way of seeing things and maybe the track that we're on, which we're like gunning down 100 miles an hour, is actually okay, but there is another way of seeing it. So questions are fabulous in the way that they provoke us to grow. And so I want us to have a look at that Abraham Heschel quote again. We are closer to God when we are asking questions than when we think we have all the answers. And I think that very often the culture of Christianity that we are surrounded by is a culture that's obsessed with people having the right answers and not so encouraging of people asking really good, robust questions of God and wrestling with the way, how does this outwork itself in my life and in the life of the world? But I want us as a church to be people who can ask really good questions and not just know all the right answers. And if I flip this statement, God is closer to us when he is asking questions than when he has all the answers. Now, that statement pushes us into the waters of asking the question, what do we believe about the omniscient God? What do we believe about the all-knowing God? Now, the Bible tells us that God is all-knowing, and I believe that God is all-knowing. God is all-wise, God is all-powerful, God is almighty, God knows all things. How often have you ever thought to yourself, I don't need to say that to God or tell him how I feel because he knows anyway? Have you ever thought that? Now, on one level, that's an okay, an okay thing to do and an okay thing to think. 
But on a, on a deeper level, on a relational level, on a level that says, I long to know God and God longs to know me, engaging like that doesn't do so much for relationship. And I remember when I was studying, I had a theology professor say to me, what if God can be all-knowing? As in, by nature, God can be all-knowing. God can know anything. He can know all things. But what if, when it comes to you and I, God chooses not to know in order to be in a dynamic relationship with us where there is surprise and growing and learning and unfolding and new things? What if God suspends his omniscience so he's not always reading your thoughts because he actually wants to hear from you what it is that's going on through your mouth and through your eyes in order that he might have relationship with you. And I remember being quite, you know, confronted by that in a way. But as I've gone on and thought a lot more about that, it really has sat well with me because we believe that God is relational. But if God already knows everything about me, there's no real need for me to tell God stuff or God to ask me questions because he knows it anyway. Like if you know everything about the person sitting next to them, you don't really need to engage them that much because basically there's nothing new to learn. You get a bit bored. But if there is space for there to be new learning and surprise and unique understanding and hearing a new perspective, it puts everything in the realm of relationship. And I believe that the way that God wants to relate to each one of us is in a relational way. So I think it is possible that God does suspend some omniscience when it comes to you. So perhaps if God did want to know how many hairs are on Chris's head at any given time, he could know. Yes, well, it's, it's a changing dynamic for all of us, isn't it? <laughs> he could know that. God could know that. But maybe, I mean, that's a funny, that's a funny one because, I mean, does Chris even know how many hairs are on his head? Like, anyway, but... Um, if God wants to know what's in Chris's heart, Chris, God could know that if God wants. But what if God wants to hear it from Chris? Because to hear it from Chris is to know him. And to know him is to relate. And to relate is to have friendship. And God longs for friendship. And so on one level, it's okay to say, yeah, I don't really talk to God about that because God knows it anyway. But on another level, I would say, God wants to hear you. And he wants to know your heart. And he wants to hear it from you. So talk to him about it. Because he longs to know you. And I think Jesus patterned this for us. He, he is the image of the invisible God. He mirrors the nature of God to us. And Jesus did not go around all the time spouting out all the information about everyone like he had the inside track on everyone's secret thoughts. At times he did, but most often he asked a lot of good questions in order to get people talking, provoke them into deeper thinking, help expose their hearts to themselves in order that they might grow. And especially when it came to teaching us about God, he spoke in riddles and in questions so that we would not just be followers who tick the box and know the right answer, 
but in order that we would wrestle and question and wonder with the ways of Jesus in an ongoing way. And so here is a list of some of the questions that Jesus asked. And mind you, there's 300 and something, so I haven't written them all up, but I did take some of the ones that I love. Why are you so afraid? Why did you doubt? What do you want me to do for you? That is a great question that Jesus might ask. What do you want me to do for you? Why are you thinking these things? Are you so dull? (laughs) That's a great question, isn't it? That's really uplifting, that one. Uh, Jesus doesn't ask me that question ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How many loaves do you have? Or in other words, what's in your hand? What have you got? What have you brought? Jesus might come to you and say, what have you got in your hands? Why does this generation or why do you always ask for a miraculous sign? Why do you want, always want a spectacular thing to happen? Why? Who do you say I am? What were you arguing about on the road? That's a great question to ask. Jesus might ask you about your husband. So, what were you arguing about in the car? What was going on there? And you can tell him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do as I say? Where is your faith? This one's for Sophie. <laughs> I'm joking. Why are you sleeping? <laughs> I know. Sorry, Sophie. I'm teasing. So- Sophie loves it. Who loves to sleep? Yes. Maybe, maybe Jesus would come to some of us and say, why are you sleeping? And maybe he wouldn't. Um, this is a good question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Do you know what it means to get well? And do you know what that will change about your life if you get well? And are you willing to give up that illness that perhaps on some level you might like because it's a great excuse for what you don't want to do. So do you want to get well? Why are you crying? What is written in the law or in the Bible? How do you read it? You know Jesus asked that question? Which kind of alludes to the fact that there are ways to read the Bible. And Jesus might actually be really interested in the way you read Scripture, in the worldview you bring to the Bible, in the filters that you have, in the things that jump out and the things that don't, that Jesus might actually really long to have a conversation with you about this sacred book and what it means to you. These are really great questions. And I find that in my life, honestly, and certainly in in the lives of many people I talk to, as Christians, we've 
develop the real art of asking God the questions and wanting to know the answers, like, what should I do with my life? Or, should I take that new job? Or, who should I marry? Or, should I buy that house? We ask God a lot of questions and a lot of the time long for answers, like yes or no, go this way or go that way, do this and don't do that. And we, we sometimes spend a lot of time and energy waiting for an answer from God. But what if the answer God wants to give you is actually a question? What if the answer God wants to give you is, where is your faith? What if the answer God wants to give you is, why did you doubt? What if the answer God wants to give you is, what is it that you really want? And I think there is so much room in our relationship with God for us to have a really kind of dynamic relationship with God where we have ongoing conversations, where we invite Jesus to question us, to lead us deeper into the answers so that we know ourselves better and so we know God better. And perhaps if we allow Jesus to ask us questions, we'd spend less time sitting around waiting for an answer or putting a fleece out or wanting to some kind of sign for God to tell us what to do. And we'd realize that God is actually engaged with us relationally, helping us find the way and walking with us along the way as we go. And there have been times in my life where this has been I've had this experience of allowing God to ask me questions. Sometimes I've felt like God asked me the question just in my quiet time or in my Bible reading. And other times I've, someone else has asked me the question and in the question someone's asked me, I've heard God kind of directing, directing things. And so I, I kind of would like to give you a bit of an example, um, but it kind of means I have to be like my side and God because it's a bit weird, you know, like. So this, this would be an example of how some of this is outplayed in my walk with God. When I was, this is a very brief history of Carolyn, um, I had dated a guy for about four years on and off between when I was 17 and when I was 21. And I was in love with this boy and I really thought we were going to get married. And then he dumped me and I was heartbroken. I know, just cue the violins. It's, it's all right, I'm, I'm okay now. And then, I, <laughs> and then I spent a period of time from when I was 21 to when I was 26, just single and enjoying the single life. And then I met Luke. And Luke um, is not here tonight, so I can say whatever I like. No, um, I, I by nature was very um, nervous and unsure about getting into another relationship because I'd been heartbroken before and often the way we manage that is by defence mechanisms and protecting ourselves so that no one else can actually get in that close to hurt us. And I had unconsciously decided some things about myself um, in that journey. And so when, when Luke was pursuing me and wooing me, I was um, incredibly unstable <laughs> in my thinking around whether or not I liked him, or if I liked him, whether or not I wanted to go out with him, and then, of course, whether or not I would marry him. And so, of course, you do that thing where you come before God and you're like, God, should I marry Luke? And, you know, yes, no, 
maybe. It might be that, like, they're the answers, you know, that I would be looking for. Like, I'm asking God a question. I'm just wanting God to tell me what to do. So the conversation with the questioning might actually have looked, and it did at times look a bit like this. I'm like, God, should I marry Luke? And God says, why are you asking me that question? And then I say, I don't know. Because I don't want to make the decision. And God says, so you just want me to tell you what to do. And I'm like, yes, I do. And God would say, why do you want me to tell you what to do? And I would answer, because then I'm not responsible. And if it all goes wrong, I can blame you. And God would be like, well, that's unfair. Why would you want to blame me? Tell me more about that. God, I just don't trust myself. And God would say, well, why don't you trust yourself? Because I've been hurt before and I felt like I fell in love before and I thought I'd made a decision and I felt like a fool and I was rejected and I'm hurt. Well, do you want me to heal your heart? Yes. Haven't I been asking you that for the last 20, no, what, five years? Well, I can do that, Carolyn. And then we have the exchange and it's like, but God, you haven't answered my question. <laughs> my question, should I marry Luke or not? And, and like, you drill down into these things and, and some of that is about, I want you, God, to just tell me what to do so that I don't have to go deeper. I don't have to be healed. And I don't have to learn to trust again. This is the, the deeper stuff about why we, we ask God questions and we just want a simple answer. But there are deeper things at work that God wants us to know, that God wants to heal, that God wants to bring breakthrough in. And I think a lot of that, as it, as it played out in different ways, you know, I, I would answer, God, I want you to tell me what to do because I'm worried that it'll all go wrong again. And God might say, well, don't you trust me that even if it all goes wrong again, you'll be okay? Are you okay right now? Yeah, I am okay. I've kind of, you know, I didn't die when that guy dumped me. I've certainly lived and life's actually really good. And yeah, I've recovered. Well, don't you trust me that if the same thing happened, I would hold you and I would be with you and, I, and you would be okay? Where is your faith? I've left it at home. <laughs> you know, like we, we outplay these things as we allow God to question us. It's the easy, basic spirituality that just demands that God answers us yes or no. And yet God is longing to have a deeper relationship with each one of us where we get to the place where we're willing to bear our heart before God and that God can heal and speak into and lead us into those deeper places. And I'm sure that there are times in your life where you've just asked God questions and you've just wanted answers. And maybe you've tried all kinds of things to manipulate God to tell you what to do. 
And I think it would be a really kind of interesting conversation for you to go back and have with God to try to work out why was it that you were doing that? Why were you just wanting God to tell you what to do? What is underneath that for you? And where is the opportunity for growth? And so just in finishing, what I want us to do is just actually have a look at a passage of Scripture where Jesus does ask a question. And then I'm going to just let you have a few moments of stillness where you actually answer the question to Jesus. And then what I would like you to do is we'll share just with the person sitting next to us. And then I'd really like you to just pray for the person sitting next to you. If you're you're sitting on your your own, you can move to sit with someone. But let's just have a look. This is one of my, my, I love this question. This is one of my favourite questions that Jesus asked. And I've spent a lot of time in this passage just engaging God and the questions here. And it comes from John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, John, as in John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. So he didn't answer the question. I'm staying at 23 Smith Street. He's just like, come, come and see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And they brought him to Jesus. And so what I want us just to do in finishing tonight is to give you a chance to sit with with Jesus and let Jesus ask you that question of what do you want. And so maybe just get yourself comfortable so you're feeling okay. Wiggle Wiggle your bum if you need to. And just close your eyes. And I want you to picture yourself walking along a road, any kind of road. And Jesus is walking about 20 metres in front of you. He's just a little bit further up the road. Jesus is walking along and you're following about 20 metres behind. And so you, you, you're kind of looking at the back of Jesus as he walks along. And then Jesus turns around and he sees you following him. Jesus sees you. He sees you trying to follow him. He sees you, all the things you do to practice being a follower of Jesus. He really sees all your attempts to follow him, to walk in his footsteps, 
to follow his way. And as Jesus turns and sees you and you keep walking and you come closer to him, Jesus says to you, what do you want? Right now, tonight, the 3rd of June, 2018, Jesus says to you, what do you want? And how do you answer him? Just have a think in your own heart and a sense of what it is that you want to say to Jesus tonight. Jesus, we thank you that you care enough about us to see us trying to follow you and that you love us so much and you want to know what it is that we want. So Jesus, help us to be the kind of followers who will pour out our hearts to you, who will be honest, who will let you question us, And that we would be the kind of people who can wrestle with the answer. So God, we tell you what we want, what we need, what we long for. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to know that this Jesus is the source of all life and that we can come to him sharing what we need and trust that he will pour out living water, bread of life, fruitfulness towards us, that we would feel peace and know that we are loved and experience joy as we keep following. So help us, Lord God, to be people who are great questioners and also people who allow you to question us. Amen.